so hype right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama! Oh my mama made it, ma! Anything's possible! Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. Ooh. This the truth like 34. Yeah. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Thank you for making the show part of your daily routine. However you are consuming the show, listening to it through your headphones on a podcast, watching it on YouTube, I do appreciate you doing so and just participating in our love, our shared love for the Boston Celtics. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, and I've written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, available everywhere books are sold and on my personal website, johncorrales.com. If you want a signed copy today, I am going through the draft rumors with the hosts of the teams that we're talking about. So it's a triple crossover episode, starting with Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs, talking about the DeJounte Murray, Derek White rumors, going to the Locked On Nuggets podcast and Matt Moore to talk about Jamichael Green and the Locked On Grizzlies podcast with Sean Coleman to talk about Kyle Anderson. What's realistic, what's not? I want to make sure that you know, first of all, about the live NBA draft show that I will be hosting alongside Chad Ford and Raphael Barlow. Chad Ford hosts the Locked On NBA Big Board. Raphael is one of the Locked On NBA draft hosts, uh, part of the Draft Junkies, does some amazing analysis. We are going to Dallas to be in the WFAA studios to do a live broadcast that you can watch on YouTube, the Locked On NBA YouTube page, on Roku, if you've got a Roku, an Amazon Fire Stick, if you got that, it's available there. It's going to be a massive show with all of our Locked On local experts. It's going to be amazing, and it's on July 29th, starting at 7 p.m. All right, let's get into our first discussion, and let's kick it off with Jeff Garcia, host of Locked On Spurs, with this talk about DeJounte Murray and Derek White. All right, Jeff. So rumors have popped up here about DeJounte Murray and Derek White. It's from uh, Zach Harper, uh, just a a mention in an athletic piece that Murray and White may be gettable. And and I think think it was done in the context of moving up in the draft. But now a lot of Celtics fans are asking, wow, hey, Murray? Could could the Celtics get Murray? Can the Celtics get maybe Derek White? Right. In your opinion here, how realistic, how how actually available are Murray and Derek White? I'll do Derek White first. Okay, If any of the two are gettable, it would be him. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, that's going to take a, a good package. I'm going to say an expensive package. I'm going to say a, a, a what in the, you know, what are you asking for, Spurs kind of uh, package? No. Uh, I think he would be the gettable one simply because he's very injury prone. Um, he, he broke his toe twice in the same spot last season. He's been in and out of the lineup. Um, they are, they have guards, 
uh, with DeJounte, Lonnie Walker as of now, and then the uh, sophomore guy, Trey Jones. Um, could he just be a piece they can move because they have a good amount of growth? Absolutely. You know, and that's gonna factor this too. He's a late 20 year old. He's gonna be 30 soon. So he's a lot older than this young core uh, that San Antonio has. But of the two, yeah, Dirk White could be gettable for the right price. Again, it's not gonna, you know, take the sales out of Boston. I think there's something that could be workable. Now let's shift to DeJounte Murray. That's the guy that would make Boston say, you want what for him? Um, because if you're looking at this team right now, DeJounte is going to be their next veteran with the Spurs likely not going to keep uh, most of their veterans that they have are free agents right now, even Patty Mills, there's a possibility that he can be that leader. And he had a tremendous season last year. And he was dropping triple doubles like it was nothing last year. I mean, just really spiking his points, his assists, his rebound numbers. Uh, you name it, he was doing it. Steals, still a good perimeter defender. But the thing with him, though, is he can't shoot the ball. He has a nice little pull-up kind of dribble, stop, hop, jump. But if you're going to give him a deep two-shot or a three-shot, you'll see defenses sag on him. But nevertheless, I think the Spurs are very invested in him. Uh, they see him as their point guard of the present and the future for now. So he is not gettable. You know, as, as much as, uh, you know, this, this, this report put it out there that they're gettable, he would be very, very tough to get. But – it helps that knowing where the Spurs are in their history right now. They got to do something, John. They got to do something because they right. are a they are a five hundred team right now. And yeah, they're caught in the middle. They're caught in the middle. How did they get the glory days? They tanked. I mean, Taylor Robinson could have played that year in the nineties. There's no excuse for him to play. But they they tanked. They sent him out for the season. Lo and behold, Tim Duncan. Here we go. Either they're going to tank, which they did before, or they're going to get bold. As we see before the draft, Kawhi Leonard deal with the Pacers, George Hill. But those kind of things are far and few between in San Antonio's history. Um, they're not aggressive in drafting. They're not that really aggressive come um, trade deadline. So could this be a bold move by flipping DeJounte? Absolutely. Now, there's gettable, and then there's untouchable. Nobody on this first squad is untouchable. Let's put it that way. The closest you got is maybe Kelvin. Kelden probably is your closest one that is, that is uh, close to off limits. But even then, for the right price, a very expensive price, he could be had. So as far as gettable, look, everybody's gettable. But if you're looking at these two players, these two guards, White and Murray, yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be tough for uh, Boston uh, to put a match yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, th that's the thing with, with these rumors. Like, I feel like you package. What did Spurs have? Twelve. The yeah, 12th 12, yeah, twelve forty-one. Yeah. You package 12 if and Murray to move up to get Murray's replacement or, or right. something like, or, but how many teams, like how far up can you really move? No one in the top four is going to make that move. No one no. Maybe top five, top six. So you're going to go from what? 12 to seven. You're going to call up the golden state warriors. Does he fit with golden state? Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't think that that's, that's the move. Um, that the Celtics are going to be able to provide. They're not going to, they, they don't have a first round draft pick in this year's right. draft. If you, you're going to move guys like Murray or Derek white, like what, what are you going to get in return from Boston? Like it, does, does yeah. Boston have anything? You look at the Boston Celtics. I, I look at the numbers here 
And like Derek White is making Marcus Smart money. Derek mm-hmm. White is a similar player to Marcus Smart. And mm-hmm. so why why would they even swap those guys? Yeah. Um, it, it, and they're, they're almost the same age. Like it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Murray would be the target, but who on the Celtics would would you want right. in exchange for yeah. Dejounte Murray? Like again, yeah. now he makes most of what Marcus Smart makes. A Dejounte Murray for Marcus Smart swap does does that make sense? No, no that doesn't make sense. No, not for um, where you guys are, right? No, no, not at all. No, for Boston, hell yeah. I mean, I think you do that in a second if you're if Boston is uh, making a deal, but. For the Spurs, no, it doesn't. I mean, maybe it addresses their their weak uh, perimeter defense, maybe. But um, no, I mean Murray just does a little bit more on both ends of the court for San Antonio. No, he's not, you know, the, the greatest two way player in the league right now, or the ranker up there. But he's very serviceable. He has a team friendly deal. Uh, he's locked up for a good chunk of years ahead. He hasn't even reached his prime yet. I think he's in his mid twenties right now. Right, yeah, and we forget too that he has a lot of that Spurs culture in him. Let's not forget he was around towards the end of the Parker Manu era. He was around to see the, the the beginning of Kawhi Leonard era. Hell, he replaced Tony Parker when Parker blew out his uh, leg in the playoffs, right then and there, and he, they just gave him the reins. Yeah. So that's how much I think this is how much the team has invested in him. He lost the season. Because his, uh, when Murray blew his knee out, uh, they put a lot of money into him. And I think, yeah, I think he is just, he is their point guard of the future for now. Unless Boston's going to do something stupid, which I don't think that it'll be, hey, you want Jason Taylor for DeJounte? I mean, it'll take something like that, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Jalen Brown, you know, um, something like that. But out, barring that, no, I mean, I look up and down your roster, and I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's no. The obvious, yeah. Romeo Langford and Aaron Neesmith in a pick for DeJounte Murray or like the thing is, and that's the thing, like this isn't even a a TPE play because Murray makes 15 and a half million dollars this year. Mm -hmm. White makes just a couple hundred thousand dollars more. So they basically make the same money. The Celtics don't have a traded player exception to fit them. It would have to be salaries that match. And I don't, I wouldn't give up Marcus smart for DeJounte Murray. Um, I, I, if, especially when you look at Murray, who shot 30, 31, less than 32% from three this past season. All right. Well, we already got a guy who can shoot 32% from three and he's an all defense. He's an all league defender. So like Murray is younger and he does definitely has more upside. And and I, I, I think that he can, he can figure out the shooting stuff. I don't see a fit here. For these guys, you don't see a fit here for no. this guy. So yeah, I don't no, think I, that basically the bottom line here is the Spurs, the Celtics. I don't see a trade between these two teams. We, we have a DeMar DeRozan. You all want to uh, flop, switch that guy? Sign a trade? <laughs> <laughs> we have that guy. Uh, well, yeah, what does what uh, DeRozan make here? Uh, DeRozan, wait, no. yeah. But then again, you know. What does Boston have with his Oh, no, he's not. He's not under contract, right? He's now. He's going to be a free agent. Yeah, he's going to be under. Well, yeah, unrestricted free agent. Yeah, he is going to be. Yeah, no, can't, can't do a sign and trade because the Celtics don't want to be hard capped. Yeah, so that's out. Rudy Gay is out because he's a free agent. Yeah, well, Patty I mean, Mills. Yeah. yeah, Patty Mills. I hear a lot on y'all's radar. I hear a lot of Boston. Patty Mills. Fans. Could be a, Patty Mills, I think, could be a, a guy. You, 
I, I can see him, especially with Udoka and uh, you yeah. know these Spurs connections coming over, knowing you know Udoka knows how to use them, and no, you yeah. know, no Doka has that that intimate knowledge. He, I think, that connection. If Patty was going to leave yeah. the Spurs, and it makes sense for Patty Mills to leave the Spurs. I mean, great backup for you guys, man. I mean, great. Though. I mean, ooh, that'll be some offensive punch off that bench for you guys. Yeah, the, my only problem is I'm just tired of these six foot six one guards that the Celtics keep having. Can I get a guy who's six five in this place, man? Come on, <laughs> you know, can I just get one guy who's six five? You, you know what? It may even work if Patty Mills were to join Boston because for some reason he puts on the green jersey. He just erupts into the next coming <laughs> of Jordan or, or Kobe. I mean, you see him play for Australia. I mean, he puts on that green jersey and you're like, oh, where's man. this guy? Where's this guy yeah. in the NBA? FIBA Patty's a revelation. Uh, all right. So I, I guess that's it. So there's there's just – I don't see – I don't see any deals. I don't see any business yeah. being done between these two teams I, this I summer. I can't see it either. Nope, I can't see it. All right, big swing and a miss there. I'm going to go to Memphis, Locked On Grizzlies, and Sean Coleman. A lot of people are asking about Kyle Anderson. How realistic is trading for Kyle Anderson? That's next after I tell you about rockauto.com. There is just no way those strip mall chain store are going to be able to stock everything for every car everywhere that's not possible they're gonna have to make some choices you can make a choice too by going to rockauto.com instead and getting a whole lot more because they can stock all that stuff they've got a massive warehouse they can get you great prices on everything you need for your car or truck it's going to save you a ton of money people have told me that they've saved hundreds of dollars on parts by going to rockauto.com. Now, you don't have to be looking for something complicated for your engine. You can be like me. I want wipers, I want floor mats, I want new headlight. I can do new headlights, I can do the tail lamps. Uh, I can get that at rockauto.com as well. Very easy, very convenient to do from your home computer or your mobile device. So, go check it out. Once you see how easy it is, I'm willing to bet you're gonna buy something, and when you do, Make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That is the only way they know we sent you. So please do that. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Kyle Anderson, another one of these trade targets that people continue to suggest. It's come up multiple times, and so I had to go with Sean Coleman, host of Locked On Grizzlies at Stats SAC on Twitter. First of all, Sean, how you doing? Doing well, John. It's a pleasure, and should I say an honor? It's an honor to talk you with you. I, I, you I will say that it's an honor to talk with you, you sir. You should feel honored. You should feel <laughs> blessed is also a good word. Uh, <laughs> there's, no, there's, uh, there's many other words, but we're live on this show, so I'll hush. Yes, yes, yes. And we're, we're, trying, to keep it, we're trying to keep it PG, but, you know, <laughs> again, anything that shows your true deference to me as your ruler and God on the network. Of course. Hey, it, it, it's locked on Corrales, so I'm locked on Corrales now. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right. So people have brought up Kyle Anderson a ton. 
obviously you, I know you have a, an affinity for Kyle Anderson, uh, but the, the, the setup here is that he makes the right amount of money for the Celtics to acquire him. He is 27, which on the Grizzlies seems to be outside of the time frame, mm-hmm. And so I think Celtics fans think, Hey, Kyle Anderson, possibly gettable. So let me ask you the question, Sean. Is Kyle Anderson somebody that could be gettable this offseason for the Boston Celtics? In a word, yes. Uh, in likelihood, no. And I don't mean to be that that type of guy given <laughs> no, that answer. No, I um, want it I, as realistic as possible here. Well, I think that if you look at this from four different perspectives, the timeline you're talking about for the Grizzlies in terms of their timeline, it makes sense to trade present value for future value. And I also think that Kyle Anderson certainly fits the mold of being the fourth or fifth best player, a a lead rotation guy to support the stars on a contender than he should be as one of the top three guys on the team just trying to make the playoffs like the Grizzlies are. And I think also Boston, it fits for them, right? The only part of this that kind of makes it to where I can't say for certain there's just an absolute match there is I don't know if Boston puts together together enough of a return that really makes the Grizzlies be like, okay, this makes us want to move off Kyle Anderson. I think in a vacuum, the value could be there. But with the fact that the Grizzlies have so much uncertainty in their young players besides Jaw right now, they love their culture. Kyle Anderson is a big part of that. And he's come off his best year in Taylor Jenkins' system. I think they're going to have to be wild more than just their motive. They have to be motivated to move Kyle instead of just, you know, he's clearly expendable, if that makes sense. There's got to be a, a package that's co- sort of that wild factor. Looking at Boston, I can't honestly say that's there from my first look at it. Yeah, and that and that's the problem, right? Because from Boston's perspective, we sit here and say the Celtics have eleven million dollars left on the Gordon Hayward traded player exception. Kyle Anderson makes nine point nine, and this is his final year of the contract. And we can say the argument, the rebuttal, I think, from Celtics fans would be you're you're not gonna re-sign him, are you? And if you're not, then why not get something for him? And and the question is, what can you get? Now, of course, this is a Boston-centric perspective. Let's say the Memphis Grizzlies say, you know what? That's that's, that's a good point. We are going to put Kyle Anderson up for uh, you know up for bids. What what do you think a realistic return can be if you're saying Boston doesn't have it? What do you think a realistic return for Memphis on Kyle Anderson could be? So the thing that I'll say is this: is that I actually more agree with the Boston perspective than I do the Grizzlies perspective personally. And the reason why is I agree. I think that Kyle Anderson he makes nine million now, coming off the season that he did. I think he's in line for a multiple year deal, three years, forty million, kind of like Kyle Kuzma just signed three years, forty million on his next contract. Is that as a starter on the Grizzlies? I don't know. And if it's not, it certainly doesn't make sense from a, a contract standpoint. I were payroll standpoint for the Grizzlies. Three players, Romeo Langford, Aaron Neesmith, and Robert Williams, plus some type of protected first. I think that if you combine one of those three players with a protected first for Boston, that is a reasonable offer for Boston. I think in a vacuum, Memphis should really listen. Do I think in the at the end they take it? I don't. But that type of offer, I think, is pretty reasonable for a player of Kyle's skill and the fact that he's an expiring contract. Yeah, and see that that to me. So I think right now Robert Williams is way off the table in, yeah. in a deal like this. 
Uh, Aaron Neesmith, I think, is off the table in a deal like this because I just think that he can become a lot of what you are hoping Kyle Anderson can do for you as a, as a rookie. And, and and Anderson is there to lead the bench, uh, and you don't want to sacrifice your depth for for this. And and so that leaves us with Romeo Langford, which I don't think Romeo like Romeo is such a wild card because no one knows exactly what he's going to be. And there's people like me who say, give him that this one year under non-COVID circumstances, full off season after the the wrist injury, and let's let's see, maybe we can revisit this conversation around the trade deadline. But at that point, if he's not exactly what Boston wants, is he then what Memphis wants? Uh, and and then the, 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 the notion of a first, I'm not, I'm not looking to give up a lot of first round picks right now because I think Boston is part of why they did the Kemba trade is to preserve their right to trade the 2022 pick and, and go through the three, you know, every other year picks and pick swaps for a, a potential star. So that might be a price too much for for the Boston Celtics. So, do you think that there are deals out there? You think that there is a team out there that can give Memphis that kind of deal? Because, and let, let me just put it this way: what you're saying is reasonable as far as what the value is. But if if a team isn't out there giving you a good young player and sort of a protected first, then Boston doesn't have to give you that. The Boston can be like. Hey, we'll give you uh, you know two seconds, and you know you need some shooting. Here's Carson Edwards. Yeah, and and that's fair. The thing though that comes in play with Memphis is, of course, their roster. It, it has a lot of really good players. Carson Edwards, I don't know if he really has a future in Memphis. And so I think the Grizzlies, instead of taking like an offer for a, a second right now or two seconds right now, they're probably looking to try to maybe add to Kyle Anderson in the ultimate mock draft that we're doing right now. In a, in a simulated situation, I added a future Utah first to Kyle Anderson to get the 14th pick in this draft in that type of scenario. So my point is, is that it kind of, instead of s- selling Kyle Anderson for seconds, maybe you you could do that at the deadline, but I rather think two seconds is not going to convince Memphis to move off Kyle Anderson this offseason. It could at the deadline in the right situation, but I think Memphis would rather hold on to Kyle Anderson or use him as a money matching aspect to get a better longer term piece moving forward. I know you are personally a fan of Grant Williams mm-hmm. and may, may be willing to trade John Morant for Grant Williams. No, that's a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but, um, do you think there's any interest? Because Grant is now. I I do feel uh, strongly that Grant Williams, though he had a down year last year, can bounce back, and I think he has a long NBA career ahead of him. Um, do you think that one of the players involved could be Grant Williams? Does that fill a need for the Grizzlies? Not really. And the reason why is because it's just the depth that we already have there. Jonas Valanciunas or Kyle Anderson likely is going to be, I think, in Memphis longer than this year. That's one potential front court player. And then you've got Jaron Jackson. You've got Xavier Tillman. You've got Brandon Clark. And I truly do think that all three of those players have more of a longer term, you know, a higher ceiling as far as being in player value goes going forward. So as much as I love Grant Williams from a roster perspective, there's just not a lot there. See, that's the thing that it comes down to at the end of the day. Those three players that I mentioned to you at the first part of the offer, those are the type of players that could have a role in Memphis moving forward. Beyond that, I just don't know of anybody on Boston outside of the obvious off the table guys that would make sense. 
Yeah, that, and that's what it seems like. This is this is going to be maybe a little too much of a a reach for the Celtics. That I I understand the the notion that Kyle Anderson could be traded, and I will not be surprised if Kyle Anderson is traded by the Grizzlies. But like you said, Sean, I I just I don't see Boston being able to make that deal unless I think I think it would have to be all the other offers from around the league. Don't pan out. Uh, correct, and I could, and, and and I do agree with that. Now, John, I, I, I would like to get your perspective on something, though, because there's another player who could possibly make some sense if y'all really needed shooting. Grayson Allen. I know that he's probably not of the same ilk, but from the perspective of someone such as you with Boston, if you don't get your first wave, is Grant Williams the type of player that, or excuse me, is Grayson Allen? the type of player that could make sense. That's where two seconds could possibly enter the fray. I just have a strong <laughs> distaste for Grayson Allen. Okay. Uh, All right. And I, so I don't know that I can answer that question rationally Fair because enough. just you asking me the question has stirred up a little kind of bile inside of <laughs> <laughs> just, I just, and especially Grayson Allen on the Celtics. I don't want to even hear the jokes. Of course, but um, but from a pure basketball perspective, I can see it. Here, the the question here is: It's one more year before he becomes a restricted free agent. Correct. Are you willing to give up Grant Williams for one year of Grayson Allen potentially? Would you rather just try to keep Grant Williams and use him for a different type of deal? Find shooting out in the market. Or, or, or something else. So, well, I do understand Grayson Allen. It, it actually, that could be a move. The fact that the Celtics would then have to turn around and figure out how much he's worth and maybe pay him. That that's where I have actual like legitimate trepidation. You, you, know, you can get used to Grayson Allen on the team. And if he's helpful, he's helpful. But um, I, I, I hesitate for that because Grant in two seconds, two seconds aren't nothing They're, They They do have value. And I'd rather have, I'd rather bring in somebody like like Anderson, who's a more veteran guy that that's been around and you know you can count on. So I, I think it's a it's a pass, a soft pass on Grayson Allen, basketball wise. The hardest of passes on Grayson Allen, just from John Corrales wise. <laughs> and the thing that I'll wrap up with then is when it comes to Anderson, I think that he's also the type of talent, John, that timing matters because right now you know I say that you know at the start this you know before the next season starts two seconds may not make that much sense but I'm sure Orlando would have said the same thing about Evan Fournier before he was traded to Boston last year you look at the trade deadline if the Grizzlies if it's not going their way if they're ready to focus on the future and you obviously are only going to have Kyle Anderson for a few months at that point trade deadline two seconds coming to Memphis for Kyle Anderson maybe it can make sense so timing also changes perspective Yep, that's a great point. That's a great point, and I think it's a great point to leave it. That not not likely this summer, but put a pin in it, and we'll see if we can revisit it down the road. Sean Coleman, Locked On Grizzlies. Check out the Locked On Grizzlies podcast for a fun take on a fun team and at StatsSAC on Twitter. Sean, thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you to Sean. I think that's another swing and a miss. So up next, can my personal idea of Jamichael Green pan out. I'm going to go to Matt Moore of Locked On Nuggets when I come back after I tell you about Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action 
NBA is gone bye-bye. The WNBA will be back after the Olympics. You can bet on the Olympics. You can bet on foreign sports. You can bet on baseball if you want. So head on over to Bet Online. Use your laptop. Use your mobile device. Very easy to use. Sign up for free. Create your username. Create your password. And most importantly, use the promo code Locked On because that will give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Whatever your first deposit is, $200, you get a 50% welcome bonus of $100. So you win before you even place a bet. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. At BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. All right, here to crap all over my idea for Jamichael Green. It's my personal, it's my baby of an idea, and I'm so attached to it, and I'm going to get it torn apart by Matt Moore, host of the Locked On Nuggets podcast from the Action Network, and you know him famously from Twitter at HP Basketball. Matt, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so, okay. So here, here's what I did. I did what everybody does here, right? You, the Celtics have a traded player exception. I look around the league for guys that fit into it. And I see a situation in Denver with Jermichael Green. He's a guy that could fit in Boston. And I convinced myself that maybe he wants more of a role and that he might want to leave sort of in a Jeremy Grant type of way to go get more opportunity somewhere else. Uh, how, realistic do you think that possibility is well first uh jermichael's got a player op- <clears throat> sorry jermichael's got a player option for next season so that's if so, he yeah i was gonna say so, so because and let me explain that before you before you answer my my scenario with jermichael would be he tells the nuggets look i need i need more of an opportunity i don't think he's gonna get much more than what he's making out in the open yeah. market I think what he can say is I'm going to make what I make and I'm going to go somewhere that's going to pay me this. And I'm leaving Denver because I want more opportunity, but I can opt in to this player option and you can trade me to Boston and they'll give you a second round pick. So you don't lose me for anything. That's my scenario. I don't know the the details on this, to be honest with you. Can you do a sign and trade for uh, a TPE? Well, it's not a sign and trade because he's just picking up a player option. So but but just, if he opted out, if he did, if he didn't opt in next season, right? Um, you can sign and trade a player into a traded player exception. Sure. So the question it's, there is, like, how much do you want him, John? Like, do you want no. him? Like, if he if he if he opts out and he wants the money, do you do you want to? Well, no. You, so my 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 scenario here would be that on the open market, he's making he's making what. Seven point five. His player options for seven and a half million dollars on the open market. He's going to get about seven and a half million dollars. If, if he's if he goes onto the open market and gets 10, 11, 12, then then forget it because the Celtics aren't going to do a sign and trade to hard cap themselves. My scenario banks on if he were to opt out, he's probably going to get seven to eight million dollars anyway from wherever he goes. So if that's his market and he's not leaving to make a raise, he's just leaving to play himself into a raise next year that the Celtics can say to Jamichael, look, we're going to, we want to trade for you. We will acquire your bird rights, play for us, get the more opportunity. And then we can talk about re-signing in Boston and giving you a bit of a raise, which is not something that he can get as a free agent if he just opts out and leaves. 
So there is incentive for Jamichael to say, hey, I want to do this. And I don't know. You See, you know the Nuggets. Is he going to re-sign in Denver? Do they want him? And, and will they give him the opportunity he's looking for? So this is complicated. I'll, I'll start here. If Jamichael agree, if your theory uh, or your you know paradigm were to play out, where he actually does tell the Nuggets, hey, it's been fine, but I want to go somewhere with more opportunity. I don't have a lot of you know room for minutes here. Um, I, Boston's offering me a really great opportunity. The front office will pretty much do that deal and you'll get a sweetheart deal because the front office makes an investment in Denver of taking care of the players in terms of what they want. Like if they're just like not happy and they want to go somewhere else to put it in this context, they wanted to move Darrell Arthur for Darrell Arthur. They were like, Hey, you can go be on like a contender back when the thunder were a contender. And Darrell Arthur was like, no, I I like it here. I want to stay. But they were like trying to convince him like, don't you want this? Like you can go like, we're not going anywhere. That's their kind of approach. Like they will, they will not hold it against or, or do they won't hurt themselves. But in that kind of situation where you're talking about a player that's probably replaceable would, you know, theoretically clear up some cap space for them after the TPE being able to move that somewhere else. Like that gives them more flexibility. I think that there's probably, that's like a deal that could get done. The counter argument I think is that, uh, Jamichael, really enjoyed his time in Denver. He likes playing for this team. He likes the way that it plays. Jokic literally said in a press conference, I want to play with this player for the rest of my life. That's how much he enjoys playing with Jamichael Green. Is like yeah. he loves playing with J Mike and Porter has said the same kind of stuff too. The uh, now that that's like maybe not. So let's go back the other way. And the other way that I would I would go is um the Nuggets are gonna are getting ready to give Michael Porter Jr. probably a max extension. Uh, Mm -hmm. They will offer Aaron Gordon an ungodly amount of money to try and get him on a multi-year extension. There's just not a lot of room left. And the front like ownership is going to be pretty itchy about the luxury tax anyway, before the risk of the repeater, which is pretty likely. And that's before we talk about Jermichael Green's future. So at some point, just the guys that they have like Jermichael Green are going to be put to the wayside he plays an important role because Millsap's an expiring and there's no telling if he can return. And if he does, he's probably just like the veteran that hangs out. If he says, no, I want to play this out and then raise my value for next seat for next off season. I don't see any way that the TPE entices them even with any sort of incentive around it. If on the other hand, you know, there's a situation where they could add something that would really help them. Then I think so. I have a hard time seeing green looking at the Celtics where they are now and being like, that's a better situation for me to a compete for a championship or B raise my value. And that's why I think it's probably unlikely that your situation were to come true. Mm. Yeah. I guess, I guess the only thing that I could say is that um, I would try to make him a starter. And I, I think starting him with Marcus smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum and, and Robert Williams could give him, some some real real opportunity and and more than 20 minutes a game we're looking at you know 25 to 30 minutes a game potentially so that would be my pitch to him and you know the back channel see if you can convince this guy to to, to bite on the opportunity i think the issue there is if that's his angle if he wants either the minutes which is ultimately to earn more money why wouldn't he just opt out of next season go into the open market and then take the deal from any number of 
uh, small market teams that have to overpay for any free agents to get them to come there and take a like take more money and get the minutes. What's Boston offering that is like if you're Boston, you either have to offer a better chance at at competing at a high level while you're a key part of the team than mm-hmm. Denver, or you have to be able to offer a bigger role than what he can get somewhere else. But you can't you can't do that theoretically based on what you said for more money. So I think that's kind of the jam. Right. And it's, it's, it's an imperfect situation. I guess what I, I'll go back to what I said before that I'm, I'm trading for the bird rights. So now mm-hmm. I, I am now competitive. So it's not like, um, I'm limited by, I don't know. You can go to a small market team or maybe you go to the Knicks and they have cap space. I mean, maybe that's a scenario that works. Um, but how many teams are going to have the cap space? That that's going to be number one to, to pay you what you want. And what's he going to raise his value to? I don't know. What's he going to make 10, 12, 15. I don't know what he, what he's going to raise his value to, but if he does raise his value to that level, he can, he can do it in Boston where there's going to be more opportunity. Uh, he's leaving Jokic. So yeah, I, I want to say that it's not ideal. You're leaving a very good team with the MVP and one of the best passing big men that we've ever seen. So it's not, it's not the ideal situation, but Boston does have the, uh, the opportunity to play for a really good team with Jason Tatum, who's also potentially an MVP candidate guys around him that, that will draw the attention away from him to give him more opportunities to score. And Hey, if it doesn't work, you can still go into the open market, but if it does, we can pay you what, what a team with cap space could pay you. I'm looking at the MLE, right? And the standard MLE for under the tax is 9.5. So even if he just goes into an exception for the whole amount, he'd wind up making more than he does this year. Um, I can see the value of, hey, I'm going to go to the Celtics. I'm going to have, I'm going to get a lot of minutes and a big role on a team that really wants to commit to me. And then I've got an opportunity to either, you know, to raise my value going into free agency and have a team that's going to need me having my bird rights, which is always like, that's like the spot you want is the team is basically like, we got to resign this guy. So you got to keep him. I can see that being an interesting scenario. A lot of it just is going to come down to, can you, I'll say this, look, um, not being in the locker room was, it was frustrating this year for everyone among Mm -hmm. them is like, I don't know Jermichael enough. I know him a little bit from Memphis. I know things of him from the Clippers. I've heard things about him, but like, I haven't had like conversations enough with him to know, I will tell you the sense I've really gotten though is that he's a pretty down to earth guy that doesn't have. I don't think that that he looks at his career as uh, I'm going to be a big star. I'm going to make a lot of like he'll take whatever money is there for him. Mm-hmm. I think for him a lot of it, like I think he weighs the situation very very heavily in the basketball sense. He was so annoyed coming out of the Clippers, like it was just evident. Like his very first interviews with us we're very pointedly like, it's really nice to be on a team that actually gets it. Like he yeah. cares about the way that a team plays. And mm-hmm. so I think from that perspective, like, look, I think the Celtics do play like the right way, especially I, I like what Udo, like I have a lot of confidence in the Udo, Udoka hire. The difference is like, really, if he's going to make the same amount of money, is the spot better for him in Denver with less opportunity or in Boston with more opportunity, but more unknowns given any number of things with the Celtics going into the next season. Yeah. So kind of what I thought, like, so, so if it basically hinges on 
what what's Jermichael Green thinking? Yes. And, and so if he does say, mm, I'm not, I love it in Denver, but look, my career is my career and I do want to get more opportunity and Boston could potentially be a place, but he does seem like a guy that really likes Denver. They like him. The teammates like him. He likes his teammates. That's going to be tough to draw him away, but at least it's not a flat out no. So I think, I I think it's plausible. I could see it happening. Like I'll say this the type of organizations I would expect for him to be drawn to. I would imagine the Celtics would be amongst those types of teams. I think the real key there is, being like, we really like you. We love you. Like, we, we think you can do great things here. And then being like, but we're not going to pay you until next year if, right. you know, if you come here and it's good. So, like, that's kind of the question is he knows that Denver's good. He knows that he'll have a big role. He's also likely – this is part of the equation too, John, is, is he's likely to have a bigger role next season because Millsap is likely less yeah. of a guy. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that that went on. They basically – with JaVale, Millsap, and Green – Malone was transparent with, I can only play, I only have minutes to play two of them. And so there were games where green just did not play and Millsap and JaVale played. And there were games where he and Millsap played together. Well, if Millsap either leaves or takes a step back and just in terms of he becomes the Udonis Haslam type dude, who's just kind of hanging around for, for veteran presence. And as a backup plan, I think Jamichael moves up in that rotation and probably gets more minutes, which negates, I think some of the advantage the Celtics would offer. 100%. 100%. That's exactly that's exactly what it would do is negate that. Um so I guess I guess we'll see. Um so moderately realistic probably not um unless Jermichael Green has some sort of change of heart is is kind of where I think we settle. Yeah, I think it's it's a definitely plausible scenario. I'm not like no, the Nuggets would never do that. Um mm-hmm. I'm also not like no, I can't see Jermichael Green ever leaving. I think a lot of it is when you game plan out the the kind of the game theory on, you know, if you're a play any sort of player, you want role, opportunity, situation, and money. And if you can't, like the Nuggets can offer role, situation, and opportunity, the Celtics can offer role, situation, and more opportunity theoretically, especially as a starter. But the money differential isn't as much, and I don't know, like. I don't know how to parse the differences between a, a Nuggets team without Jamal Murray, uh, their title hopes in the West versus the Celtics in the East, given everything. It's sure. it's difficult to parse. And so I, I do think that's part of the equation. And I'll say this, like I think I think Green will look out for his own career and do what's best for his career. But I do think the winning's winning seems to be really important to him, um, more than maybe some other players. I think that. I also don't necessarily believe that he has it in his head that he could like, I don't see him going for like a Hassan Whiteside deal where I'm going to put up huge numbers for a year and then boost my value and get this big contract. Like he knows he's a guy that doesn't put up a bunch of stats, but helps the team win. Yeah. Um, And those guys are valuable, but they got to, but in order for that to translate, they got to win. And Mm -hmm. that is is like a big question between the two teams. If it came down to that. All right. Well, there it is. Thanks to Matt Moore again, Action Network for his writing, uh, Locked On Nuggets for his talking, uh, at HP Basketball for his tweeting. Matt, thanks uh, for coming on. Thanks for having me. Hey, after the first two segments, I'm going to count that as a win. It's possible. It could possibly happen. So at least I've got some rational feedback there that makes me think it could happen. I'm still leaning no, 
I still don't think it's it's going to happen, but at least it's possible. And who knows, maybe somebody can make a, a convincing pitch. We'll see how it goes, and I'll be covering it all here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. want to make sure you knew about the Locked On Ultimate Mock Draft that's going on right now. It's a full mock draft with picks being made, trades being made, with amazing analysis from tons of people, including Chad Ford, Brian Scalabrini, Ryan McDonough. It's an amazing show that takes you through the whole first round through our local hosts. So check it out. Search for Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. I am very happy that you have subscribed to this podcast, wherever podcasts exist, or on the YouTube page. Subscribe to the YouTube page. That continues to roll along. I'm very happy with the success of it so far. I'm really honored that people are are choosing to consume this show that way, and I hope more of you do. So please subscribe there. Rate, comment, review, and also, really important, please share the podcast. Tell your friends that they should be listening and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.